We're going to turn to our first Corinthians 13. We're still in the series talking about war zone. Amen. First Corinthians 10 and 13. Excuse me. First Corinthians 10 and 13. There is a word from the Lord today. Amen. And the word of the Lord says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, no temptation has seized you except that what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But you are tempted. uh, But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand under it. Amen. And I want to talk from the subject today, the fear to move on the fear to move on amen as we begin to talk about the war zone uh we're getting ready to come to a close of this particular series Uh, but when we're in the war zone we are tossed and we're thrown into a place uh that we don't want to be because we already have a number of problems we have a number of situations that's going on and we don't know what to do and we don't know which way to turn uh, uh, uh already but when we're tossed into that place to where it becomes agonizing to you amen and we begin to experience agony within our bodies agony within our spirits and agony on every side it's something about um being in the war zone or how it would change your whole attitude about things and about people amen Uh, but we must understand that God loves you and God wants to deliver you and he will deliver you out of the war zone Uh, the Bible declares that our faith it will be tried let me tell you something I found this out long ago when you talk faith you preach faith and you teach faith there will come a time when your faith will be tested now the Bible never said that the testing of faith would be easy but all we got to know is that while we're going through the times of testing that we are able to stand and that we are able to come out amen so today, when I want to talk about when we get ready to come out of the war zone, uh, uh, some of us, we have uh, been delivered. Some of us, we have been set free, but there's still a little struggle that's there. Uh, uh, this particular passage of scripture, uh, the apostle Paul, he says that there is no temptation that is not coming to man. So the things that you are faced with and the things that you are going through or have gone through, somebody else, they have already gone through those things before. Uh, but the Bible talks, it says, says something about, a word temptation in that particular passage of scripture and that is just not temptation but that uh, uh, talks about trouble as well uh, today we want to talk about two kinds of temptation well one of them I'm going to explain both kinds I want both kinds but we're going to really nail our home on one of those kinds today the first kind of temptation that we face is a temptation that will entice you to do something that you like but in the end we already know that is wrong I should have got good help right there. Those are the kind of temptations that we really look for. But there is another kind of temptation that some of us, we encounter almost every day. And that is uh, the temptation that will entice you to stay in a bad situation for, for emotional reasons, selfish reasons, or fearful reasons. Uh, so when we begin to look at this, uh, the best way that I can explain this kind of temptation, I got to give you a good example about something that happened some years ago. There was uh, this couple, they were married, and uh, they had a very bad marriage. The marriage was very bad, but they made up their mind that, you know, uh, we're not going to leave each other. But there was reasons they were not going to leave each other. Uh, 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 the lady, I sat down and talked to, 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 talked to her one-on-one, and the lady, she told me, she said, well, you know, uh, I'm tired of him, and I'm ready to go, uh, and I know that I've already been delivered from him, and it's time for me to move on, but he might succeed if I'm not there. 
See, the thing is, the temptation was, I, I, I got to stay because I don't want him to make it. Some of us, we know some folk that's like that on today. Some of us, we got those kind of folk in our lives. They're only in our lives to hold us down and to do what? And to hold us back. And even though the evidence is there, and even though in their heart they have moved on and they're doing other things, they ain't got no business doing, but I got to stay here to make sure that you don't succeed in life. The next guy, so then I sat down, I talked I talk, I talk, talk to the guy. So when I talked to him, uh, well, this is what happened with the guy. One Sunday, he came to church. And he got there late, uh, and he sat in the back, and he'll sit in the back, and he was crying. I said, Lord, I'm a preacher. And I said, Lord, what is wrong with this man today? You know, I said, he got a whipping and welling spirit on him today, and I ain't never seen that out of him before. So, uh, uh, I, so, so, so then when I finished preaching, I did altar call, and he came up. Um, he, he came up, and I said, I said, what you need prayer for? You know, it was old-fashioned altar call. You know, just prophesy to the folk. You ask him, what you need prayer for? So I asked him, what you need prayer for? He said, I want to go home and kill my wife. I said, wow. Now, let me tell you something about that little story right there. Watch this right here. Uh, 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 now, I don't suggest that anybody do anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? But yes, at the same time, everybody knew that this woman caused what? A whole lot of problems. It was like the world will be a whole, will be a, lot, will be a better place if she just what? If somebody just got rid of her. But of course, that's not the right thing to do. And I said, so, so I stood there and I talked to him for a minute. I prayed for him. He got delivered and he got set free. Now, he was in a situation that was so bad that the sensible thing to do was to do what? Was to take his wife out. But if that is the sensible thing to do, why are you still there in that situation? Why are you still there going through the agony and why are you still there? You're going through defeat. You're crying day after day. You sit in my driveway crying like a little baby. You understand what I'm saying? At some point, you gotta say, I got to do what? I got to move on. But he had a fear of moving on even though God had delivered him. He was still there and this was his fear. He said, my wife may take my daughter from me even though he believed the daughter was not his. So that entered into another problem. And another problem uh, 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 was this right here. Now um, I've created a situation to where I'm always controlled by the situation and what's going on. So now I would never move on to where God is really taking me because this has a stronghold on me. So watch this right here. Uh, uh, with all that being said, uh, some of us, we have experienced what we call uh, 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 a physical deliverance. Somebody say physical deliverance. We have experienced what you call a physical deliverance. Uh, my physical body has moved out of the situation. It has moved on, but my mind, what? But my mind and my heart is still where? It's still there. So therefore, when I have this physical uh, de deliverance, I have also what you call a superficial deliverance as well. Because now that I have gone on, I continue to talk about what once was. And then I try to justify to other folk why I'm still talking about what, what once was. So we have a physical deliverance. And the next, the next thing that we have, uh, some of us, we have what you call a mental deliverance. In our hearts, in our minds, we have been delivered from the people of the situation, but we still sit in there in the same place. This kind of uh, 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 deliverance, uh, um, uh, 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 the same, that place, 
Uh, it happens in bad relationships. It happens in bad marriages. It happens in bad church experiences. And it happens in bad job experiences. We know that we have moved on in our hearts because what? We just don't what? Care anymore. Have you ever been like that before in your life? You're just going and you're going through the motions and you what? And you just don't care anymore. Some of us, we have sat in churches for a long time and we say, Lord, I know I need to move on, but this is what I'm what? This is what I'm used to. And some of us, we've got to get delivered from just being used to some stuff because it is for me. See, one thing that I come to find out about God, it is a bad place when God got to push you out of a place. I've been there before in my life, and that is just not a good feeling because God will allow situation to be created to where you can't stay. And that's not the place that you want to be in this life. When God said, I have delivered you and I set you free, I've got to make up in my body, I've got to make up in my mind and make up in my heart that I'm going to move on. So, But watch this right here. Watch this. Watch this right here. When these things begin to happen and I uh, experience um, uh, uh, this superficial deliverance, especially mentally, uh, folks will ask you why you're still there. So now we go through the justifications as the standpoint of telling folk why we're still there. But the people we're telling uh, that why we're still there, these folk don't even matter. And they really don't even care. So every day our conversation becomes what? About why I'm still there. Why I'm still there. Mentally, you've moved on, but why I'm still there. And some folks say, I'm here just for the money. But let me tell you something. You saved and you sanctified and you filled with God's spirit. The Bible says that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He'll provide every last one of your needs, no matter what's happening and what. And no matter what's going on, he's going to be there for you each and every time. But you have got to make a conscious decision. Not only am my mind going to move on, but my body what? But my body is going to move on as well. So we rather suffer and go through the hard times that really walk in that place that God has called us to be. Uh, some of us, with the reason we don't move on is because we're scared of what people may say. See, the thing is, and I've said it over and over again, folk already talking about you. You just now finding out about it. And the thing is, you can't worry about what other folks say because they ain't paying the house note. They ain't paying the car note. They ain't going to Walmart. What you giving you? No money. I can't get no help up in here today. They always got something bad to say. They always judging you about what's happening, about what's going on. But let me tell you something that I thought about last night. I thought that I would share this with you on today. When we are going through these situations, we are some unhappy people. Years ago, I made up my mind, I'm going to be happy. What? At any cost. That's how come it's so easy for me to let some folk go. Because if it's going to get in the way of my happiness, I got to say, you got to go because life is already what? Too short. And all, uh, and most of all of us in here today, we're already halfway the promise. I can't get no help up in here today. So I got more years toward the promise than I got what? Years toward, you know, the other side of being younger. So the rest of my days, by the next 70 years, 80 years I got, I'm going to be what? I'm going to be a happy man. And let me tell you something. Happiness is not about the stuff that you have because a whole lot of folks they got a whole lot of stuff and they're not happy at all they got a whole lot of big house a whole lot of furniture they got their dream car but they are not happy see when we get ready to enter to that place of real happiness that is called undisturbed peace so when you begin to look at undisturbed pieces, this right here, stuff be happening and stuff that's going on, and you say, well, that's just got to happen. I'm going to still what? I'm going to still be happy. And one thing that I come to find out is that folk won't understand your undisturbed peace. And you got to make up your mind that I'm going to have peace in every situation. I'm going to have peace at home. I'm going to have peace on the job. I'm going to have peace in my finances. And when you find yourself with an undisturbed peace, you enter into a place that's called contentment. Contentment doesn't mean that you satisfy 
but I understand this is what I got right now and I'm all right with this because better what because better is on the way and when I understand recognize and realize that better is on the way can't nothing or nobody disturb what I'm doing you got folk that would dictate to you how happy you should be and the things that you should do to be happy in your life but let me tell you something this morning precious people can't nobody tell you how to be happy because you know what makes you happy you know where you like to go that's going to make you happy like Bishop White I like sitting at home looking at TV I don't like going out a whole lot when I go out a whole lot I find myself not being happy I want to be in the comfort well of my own home because that's what make me happy but other folks that say well you need to get out some you need to do this you need to do that you need to do other no 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 you're not going to disturb what my peace watch this right here so some of us watch this right we've gotten delivered physically we've moved on in the physical we've stepped out we've made our way we've done something different uh, uh, but our mind is still where it is and some of us we have uh, watch this right here and some of us we have gotten delivered mentally but we're still where in the same place let me tell you something. Let me just hit this real quick. Uh, 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 uh. I never let a job uh, 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 dictate to me whether I'm going to move on or not. Never. I've had only had only one real job, and I think I quit like six times, six or seven times. And every time they ask me to come back. Because you're not going to what? Control me. Because when I found myself getting disgusted, I know I wasn't going to do their job right. You understand what I'm saying? So it was time for me to do what? It's time for me to what? Move on. I won't forget I had a little part-time job at this place in Pelham. And um, um, I've always been very productive in my life. And um, I go in at 8 o'clock, get off at 5, but between 8 and 8.30, they'll give me my work in 30 minutes. I'm finished. I'm going to work for the day. So they sat down and they had a meeting with me. And they decided, you know, that I worked too fast. And I said, well, y'all give me some more work to do. We ain't going to have no problem. And I asked you for work to do. So when they said that they was dissatisfied because I'm not, you know, they said, well, you know, you need to do this, do this. And I said, I've done all that. The next day, I called the temporary agency. God bless y'all. This is really not for me. You understand what I'm saying? Because I would not be anywhere and somebody breathing down my neck and I'm doing what i supposed to do. See, life has a way, this situation, they have a way to control every aspect of your life. Now, 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 I don't suggest folk doing that if you don't do your job, right? You understand what I'm saying? If you're not dedicated and you're not committed. But when you find yourself getting to that place to where you're not going to be happy anymore, you need to do what? You need to start moving on. So watch this right here. One thing that I come to find out is that if I'm going to bring these two together, if I'm going to be delivered mentally and physically and move on mentally and physically, I've got to get connected spiritually. Let's look at that for a few moments. So I got to get connected spiritually. So how do I connect spiritually? Uh, uh, the first way I connect spiritually, I connect spiritually uh, through prayer. The next thing I do, I connect spiritually through worship. And the th third thing that I do, I connect spiritually through fellowship. Somebody say, I connect through prayer. I connect through worship. And I connect through fellowship. And I come to find out that when I put these three components in place, that deliverance is going to start happening in my life. So let's look at prayer real quick. Philippians 4 and 6 says, do not be anxious, meaning what? Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So when I find myself in this place to where I can't move on, I can't get beyond the place that God has delivered me from, uh, I got to find myself praying. I've got to admit to God that I can't handle this 
this by myself. I've got to admit to God that I am not happy. And now that I'm seeking the peace that surpasses what all understanding. So then God, he'll do what he'll begin to answer your prayer. So I got to connect spiritually through prayer. The next thing I have to do, I have to connect spiritually through worship. John 4 and 24 says this. God is what? He's a spirit. Somebody say spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Right here, Jesus is talking. When Jesus is talking, he's saying that my real worshipers, they're going to worship me in spirit. and They're going to worship me in truth. So every day when I get up, I get before God and I find myself in this place that I don't want to be. Whether it's in the physical or whether it's in my mind, I got to start giving God worship. I begin to magnify him. I begin to glorify him. I begin to lift him up. And my worship includes my praise and my thanksgiving. Because the thing is, even though we're looking for everything at one time, I got to start thanking him for the small stuff that he has already done. I got to start thanking him for the small things that he has delivered me from. I got to start thanking him for the little peace of mind that I do have. And one thing that I come to find out about worshiping God and about giving him thanks is that when I begin to lift my hands, burdens begin to drop off my shoulders. That's how come I be riding along in my car sometime and I just throw my hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I glorify you Lord I magnify you whenever I feel heavy in my spirit I just begin to give God praise and when I give him praise a connection is what made with him the Bible says that he inhabits what the praises of his people if you want God to start showing up in in the midst of your war zone all you have to do is start magnifying him and what and glorifying him so number one uh, 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 to get to get delivered physically and mentally I got to connect spiritually so how do I connect spiritually I connect through prayer and I connect with through worship the next one the next way that we are connect through we connect through fellowship tell me real quick or view it on the screen Hebrews 10 verse 24 through 25 and then we'll read Acts 20 and 32 Hebrews 10 uh, verse 24 through through 25 and then Acts 20 and 32 the word of the Lord says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit. Somebody say habit. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Watch this right here. The writer Hebrew says, let's not forsake ourselves from the assembly as some has made a habit. See, watch this. Some of us were praying and were giving God worship, but we ain't got no good fellowship because all the folk that's around you, they got a negative attitude. I should have got some good help right there. They always got something bad to say. But when I get among the saints, I should say, you're going to make it. You're going to be healed. You're going to be delivered. You're going to be set free. Things are going to turn around for you. Every time I see you, I should be sending you a text message to encourage you, to let you know, I know this week been a hard week, but you know what? God is still able. God is a healer. God is a deliverer. He will bring you from one place to another place. And that is the purpose of our fellowship together, not just to hear the word of God and learn the the word of God but we're there to be there to help what to one another so while I'm in this war zone stage and I'm trying to get uh, delivered uh, 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 in my physical and in my mental, I want an inheritance for my life. Somebody say inheritance. Because I understand, I recognize and realize that there is better than I'm receiving. There is something that is really better. So, but when I fellowship with you all, I enter into the greater. Watch this, Acts 20 and 32. It says, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all 
those who are sanctified. So those folks that are set aside for the use of God, there is what? There is an inheritance. Let me tell you something that I found out about being around some of the real saints of God. When you are around the real saints of God, you'll find out some stuff that you never found out before in your life. I'm not talking about the negative stuff, but just being around the saints of God, those folks that love God, I've turned some new business deals. I've had money to come to me. I've had different things to come to me. Some healing has happened because of the information that I have received because God has a way to get some stuff to you. We try to tell God which way to send it, but I come to find out that when I am ready to get something from God, I got to get around the saints. I got to start connecting with the saints. I need somebody to pray with me. I need somebody to believe God with me because if I don't have anybody to touch and agree with me, it is not going to come to pass. The Bible says, well, two or three, what? They touch and agree. He's what? He's right there in the midst. And I decree and I declare that if God is right there in the midst, that he's not going to, he's going to make sure that you got what? Everything that you need. So when I learn to connect spiritually through prayer, through worship, and through fellowship, then I can get to the point to where I pray for the victory, I praise for the victory, and I proclaim for the victory. When I connect spiritually through prayer, worship, and fellowship, I get to the point in my connection with God that I pray for the victory, I praise for the victory, and I proclaim for the victory. So when I get to these three points right here, I recognize and realize is that, is that, is that God, he's pushing me to do something better. This is what you call effectual fervent prayer on the first one. Because when you recognize and realize that you've had so much fed into your spirit and you find out that God is really on your side, I start praying praying for the victory. God, I thank you for the victory. God, I thank you for delivering me. God, I thank you for healing me. God, as a matter of fact, I know that my body is already healed. Your body still may be hurt, but deep down on the inside, you already know that God, what? That God has already done that thing, so I'm praying for victory, and then I start praising for the victory. Sometimes you can get all by yourself, and when you connect with God in the spirit, you just start giving God praise, because I already got victory. Folks know your problems, folks know your pain, and you be sitting at your desk at work and you mess around here and throw your head up and say Lord I thank you Lord I glorify you and you just walking down the hallway and you just singing and carrying on and going on and folks wonder what is wrong with them on today everybody around you they may be depressed but let them be depressed by themselves let them be down by themselves let them be out by themselves because I don't know when I don't know where and I don't know how but I know God is getting ready to come through for me and when I know that he's getting ready to come through for me I don't have to wait until the battle is over I can start shouting right now I don't have to wait until I see it I can start shouting when I can start shouting right now I don't care what you stand in need of if you mess around and just think about how God is going to bring it to pass one thing that I come to find out is when you start praising God for the victory you have got to already see yourself where you want to be you got to already see yourself on that new job you got to already see yourself healed you got to already see yourself delivered you got to already see that relationship with your family renewed. You got to already see it and not only see it, but you start daydreaming about that thing. Have you ever started daydreaming about something and you messed around there and got happy? You're sitting there or you're driving somewhere and you don't even know how you got there because you was caught up in la-la land and you said, when you mess around, let me say, oh God, I thank you just for the vision that you gave to me. The Bible says that old men would do what? Dream dreams and young folk would do what? They would have visions. And I'm telling you, God will give you a glimpse 
glimpse of your future, when you start connecting with him spiritually, God will show you where he's taking you. And one thing that I like about God is that when I tend to forget about where he's taking me, he'll mess around and show me one more time. I say, God, I thank you. When I mess around there and I forget what God promised me, he'll let somebody come through and speak a word into my life and say, I'm getting ready to bring that thing to pass. I know we got some naysayers. I know that we got some haters. We got some folks that say we're not going to make it. We got folks that said that we're not going to amount to anything. But let me tell you something. Don't you look at them and don't you listen to them. But when God starts showing you yourself, oh, I wish I had help in here today. When God starts showing you yourself about how he's going to pay all your bills off, about how he's going to give you the new car, about how he's going to give you the new house, about how he's going to turn things around, about how he's going to give you that business, about how he's going to pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on solid ground and you can just get to somewhere and just get in a corner, put your hand in the corner and just start dancing and giving God praise. I come to find out that when we get happy as a race of people, we like to dance and we like to have a good time. But when God starts showing me something, I just don't talk about it, but I just start giving him glory. I start giving him praise because I know that it is on the way. I know the healing on the way. I know that deliverance is on the way. I know that peace is on the way. I know that God is getting ready to do something in my life that cannot be denied. And folk ask me, how come you're always happy? It looks like you don't care about anything. But First Peter 5, 5, and 7 says, cast all your cares upon him because he what? Because he cares for you. So when something come across my path and I know I can't handle it, I say, God, you said that you care for me and here it go. So I found that I got to give him the light bill. I found that I got to give him the gas bill. I found that I got to give him the car note. I found that I got to give him the boss on the job. I found that I got to give him the family members. I dare you to mess around there and just get all your and just start laying them on the altar. Just tell God, God, I can't handle it and it's yours now. And when I give it to him, I feel lighter deep down in my spirit. Uh, I feel good in this place this morning because Bishop got some things that I need to take right on back to the altar. And to be honest and tell the truth, some of us, we laid some stuff down and we went back and we did what? We picked them right on back up. But let me tell you something. I don't care how many times you picked it up, this time when you put it down, this just may be your day. This just may be your day of change. This just may be your day of turnaround. This just may be your day of deliverance. This just may be the Sunday that you get your financial breakthrough. Tomorrow you don't know what is in store. Huh? The old folks used to say if the Lord is willing. Huh? But the Bible says that he is willing. Huh? He wants you to prosper and he wants you to be in hell. So I came to tell you this morning that God is willing. Huh? He's willing to heal you. Huh? He's willing to deliver you. Huh? He's willing to set you free. Huh? He's willing to turn you around. Huh? He's willing to give you the job. Huh? He's willing to give you the house. Huh? He's willing to heal your body. Huh? He's no shut up at his word. Huh? And I thank him this morning huh? because we're getting ready huh? to go to another place. Huh? We're getting ready to go to another level. Huh? That's how come I'm like the old folk huh? when I think about the goodness of Jesus huh? and all that he's done for me. Huh? I take the time and go down memory lane huh? and I think about how he brought us up. Huh? Some of us, we lived in poverty. Huh? We thought we'll never have a good job. Huh? But he made a way out of no way. Huh? We thought 
thought that we'll never have huh, a peace of mind. Huh? We thought that the real relationship huh, would always linger huh, as you mess around huh, and you looked at how you don't even think about it anymore. Huh? And all you gotta do huh, is tell the Lord thank you. Huh? One thing I come to find out, huh, if you think about what he's already done, huh, the things that you need him to do now, huh, he'll go ahead and work it out. Huh? So that's how come I give him praise. Huh? I come to find out huh, that when I connect spiritually with God, huh, I cannot forget huh, that I got a covenant with him. Huh, and the covenant is huh, that he will never leave me, huh, nor forsake me. Huh? The book of Deuteronomy says huh, that fear not, huh, because I will never leave you, huh, nor forsake you. Huh? And for the New Testament folk, huh, Hebrews 13 and 5, huh, it says while you're in the war zone, huh, that he will never leave you, huh, nor forsake you. Huh? I know sometimes huh, it feels like he's not there, huh? but there's an old poem that says huh, that they were walking through the sand, huh? and at one point huh, they only saw huh, one set of footsteps, huh? and there was a time huh, that the Lord was carrying you, huh? and some of us got to be honest huh, and tell the truth, huh? the Lord done carried us huh, over the highways, huh, over the byways, huh? he done carried us huh, through some sickness. Huh? He done carried us huh, through some disease. Huh? He done carried us huh, in our ups. Huh? He done carried us huh, in our downs. Huh? And I'm so glad huh, that I got a covenant huh, because I made a connection huh, with the master in the spirit. Huh? And the covenant is... Huh, he will never leave me, huh? nor forsake me. Huh? And since I'm in trouble, huh? he promised me huh? that he'll get me out of the trouble. Huh? And I'm so glad huh? that he's getting ready huh? to get you out. Huh? I'm so glad huh? that he's getting ready huh? to turn things around. Huh? As he began to talk to me huh? about the covenant huh? that we have with him huh? and about him getting a shout, huh? he reminded me huh? of the covenant huh, that David had huh, with his brother Jonathan. Huh. He looked down huh, and he realized huh, that Jonathan huh, was dead huh, and tears began huh, to stream down his face. Huh. Jesus looked down huh, at you huh, and realized huh, that you didn't have no peace. Huh. He realized huh, that you were sick in your body huh, and he's remembering huh, the covenant right now. Huh, the covenant that he took huh, 39 stripes huh, for your healing. Huh. David sat there huh, on the throne huh, and he looked at his arms. Huh. He looked how huh, him and Jonathan huh, they broke covenant huh, and they mixed the blood together. Huh. David got down in his spirit. Huh. He asked the servants, huh, is there somebody huh, from the house of Saul huh, that I can show kindness? Huh. They said huh, here's somebody huh, by the name of Ziba, huh? Ziba told them huh, that Jonathan got a son, huh? and his name was Mephibosheth. Huh? Mephibosheth huh? was a little boy huh? when his dad 
daddy and his granddad and all the folk, they were killed. So the servant had Mephibosheth and she was running for the life. And she messed around there and she dropped him and he broke his legs. And for that day, he was lame in his legs. So he went down to a place called Lodabah. The place of Lodabah is a place of no pastor. The place of Lodabah is a place of no communication. The place of Lodabah is a place where there is no word. So when I look at pastor, that means there's no prosperity. When I look at communication, folk don't understand where I'm at today. They know your problems. They know your pains. They know you're down. And they know you're out. But they can't feel where you're coming from. The place of Lodabah. You're in a place where there's no word. And you ask yourself, is there a word from the Lord? You ask yourself, God, I need to hear you. God, I need to feel you. I need to know that you care about me. But while you're in Lodabah, God is preparing somebody to show you kindness. God is preparing somebody to get you out the place where there's no return. They tell me that Lodabah, that's where all the criminals went. They tell me Lodabah, that's the place where all the prophets went. They tell me Lodabah, that's the place where there's no hope. They tell me Lodabah, that's the place where there's no dreams. And some of us today, we look good, and we smell good, we riding good, and we living good, but on the inside, we're down there in Lodabah. Sometimes we feel like I'm not worth nothing. Sometimes we feel like our life is not going anywhere. But the Lord told me to tell you on this fourth Sunday in August, he's getting ready to show you kindness. He's getting ready to pull you out of that place where there's no prosperity. He's getting ready to pull you out of that place where there's no healing. He's getting ready to pull you out of that place where there's no peace. He's getting ready to pull you out of that place where there's no deliverance. He's getting ready to pull you out of that place of scraping the bottom of the barrel. The Bible says that David sent from Mephibosheth and they got him and took him out of Lodabah. And from that day until he died, he did not have no more lack. He didn't have no more wants. He didn't have no more concerns. Just because he was in the family of Saul. And I come to tell you, it looked like it's not working. But let me tell you something. This is your season for the Lord is showing you can. This is your season for the Lord is smiling on you. This is your season for the Lord is healing your body. This is your season for the Lord to put a smile on your face. 
And because he's getting ready to show you kindness because of the covenant, he's getting ready to show you kindness because of the spiritual connection. He's getting ready to show you kindness because you prayed. He's getting ready to show you kindness because you worshiped. He's getting ready to show you kindness because you fellowship. He's getting ready to show you kindness because you praised for the victory. He's getting ready to show you kindness because you proclaimed.